Hello, everyone, and welcome to Hit and Hustle from irishsportsdaily.com. I am your host, Greg Flamong, and with me, instead of my consigliere, my associate, Jamie Uyama, is the founder and owner of ESQ Clothing and Notre Dame alum, Ga Wang. He is here to tell us about uh, Notre Dame. How how Marcus Freeman has transformed the Notre Dame football team from a physical standpoint. We were talking about that yesterday, and I was like, "Wow, this is kind of actually fascinating." Because God famously uh, outfits the entire Notre Dame football program uh, with his wonderful uh, bamboo dress shirts and suits and all those things. So uh, we're going to talk about that, and then we're going to get into uh, his experience as a Notre Dame fan, as a Notre Dame student how he views uh, the football team in 2023 and where it's going under Marcus Freeman. And we're going to talk about all those things. So if you like what you hear today and this is your first time and you haven't done so already, please subscribe to the show, hit the like button, uh, hit the notification bell. So, you know, we're going live. Uh, podcast links are in the description below. If you prefer the audio, can you hey. hear me, bud? Yeah, yeah. there we go. I'm ex- I am excited to be here. Um, I don't get to let loose. I guess on a lot of these podcasts that I go on or uh, I really talk about them. I mean, outside of the, the fa- passion about the fashion aspect of things, but, but this yeah. is a, a true passion uh, of mine. So. Yeah. I've, I, I, I've, I've in talking to you before the show and the show prep, it was uh, it come to find out like, yes, you, you are very much honestly kind of similar to me in our, our fandom and when we came up and that sort of thing. Um, but God, this is this is normally when I would I would do my ESQ uh, read and pump up the product. So I have you here. So why don't you tell us? I don't know. I don't know, Greg. You make it sound like I need to hire you as another salesperson. Uh, you do such a good job. Um, I've been doing this for almost 12 years now. And uh, kind of during COVID or just before that, we came, you know, bamboo bed, bed sheets have been a thing. Uh, and, they're, and it's what I use. They're, they're cooling, uh, super soft. It, it's just a really nice product. So um, we kind of re, retooled that a little bit, uh, reformulated it, um, created a two-way stretch fabric so it still retains its drape. So we created a dress, a performance shirt that looks like a dress shirt or the mm-hmm. other way around. Um, it's really like, it's soft to the touch, it's cooling, it's odor resistant, wrinkle resistant, the kickers, it's machine washable. It's like the ultimate dress shirt. Um, so it's, it's something that I'm really proud of. Uh, and then, you know, we still, the bread and butter is still our high-end like custom suiting. Uh, and, and obviously we dress a lot of the Notre Dame guys, alumni, uh, coaches, former players, you name it. Uh, we have a pretty large Notre Dame contingent. Um, you know, it's 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 good to keep it in the family. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If you, and, uh, oh, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Uh, sorry. The code, there's always a code. So uh, if you go on the website, if you're looking for a new shirt or something, uh, use ESQ Club and get 15% off your first purchase. And then if you ever need anything custom, you come into our store in Chicago, just mention Notre Dame and you'll get a 10% discount. There it is. ESQ Club. Um, and then uh, you get 15% off. And then uh, go in, mention Notre Dame, mention ISD, and you get, uh, what was it, 10% off of that? Yep, 10% off your, your custom purchase. Perfect, perfect. Um, so Justin, Justin, um, Justin Knox, don't worry, bud. He asked a bunch of questions, and we, we can uh, – we can- We'll get there. I, I, we I, will get there. I ran it all by I ran it all by Ga, and uh, he. I'm telling you, he knows the football team. He he is the outfitter of Notre Dame football. But we are not only going to talk about clothes and suits and that old thing. Football team today. 
exciting. And, um, and I, you know, as we brought up on the show on Tuesday, ESQ is no longer the only sponsor of this show. I was talking to uh, God. He knows Vahid Zadradzadze. I messed it up. That's all right. Uh, founded by uh, he he um, VSR Media. He is uh, he founded by Notre Dame and pregame host. Uh, that's Fahid Zadradze. Uh, VSR Media provides professional and cinematic video and photo. Whether you're looking to, for a collegiate or pro-level highlight reel, have a personal story to tell, or aiming to buy, diversify your growing business, uh, VSR Media specializes in short and long-term video storytelling, social media management, and website design. VSR Media also captures professional headshots, senior and sports Contact Vahid at vsrmediacompany.com. Mention Irish Sports Daily to receive 20% off project. Visit us online or give us a call at 574-800-9106. You know what this is, Ga? This is this is 4 for 40 right here on this show. You, you know, everyone talks about 4 for 40. Ga, <laughs> Notre Dame alum, Vahid, uh, Notre Dame alum, going on, uh, starting your own uh, businesses, successful. That's the Notre Dame brand, God. So, uh, but he is a great, great guy too. I mean, he's uh, he's hosted any day for many, many years. Um, that's since I since I've been on. I think since they've started it, really. And, and yeah, he, I highly recommend him. He's a, a true pro at what he does. Yeah. Um, so let's stay let's stay topical on um, on dressing up things. So like the team. Uh, you 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 are uh, you like you said you outfit the team. You're the official outfitter of the team. Uh, player walks like everyone's wearing your suits, right? Everyone's mm-hmm. wearing your stuff. Mm-hmm. And I say all the time, um, you know, Marcus Freeman. Like every time we see him out on a recruiting visit, or he's talking to recruits or anything like that, going into homes, he's wearing ESQ clothing, right? I, I recognize a lot of the shirts there. Um, and so this gives you a n- unique perspective. If you're outfitting the team you have to fit the team and you have to get their measurements and all those other things. And you mentioned before, like you have like a kind of unique perspective on the changes on the roster from a physical standpoint, um, especially from the BK years, which is interesting because it's only been a couple years, right? It's not like uh, it's, it's not like Marcus Freeman has been around for four or five years or anything like that. It's a very short time. T- tell me about the changes that you've seen on the Notre Dame roster. And then we can get yeah, into we're, what, we're, what that we're kind of getting right the, into uh, it. Team. And I don't think it's just Notre Dame. I think it's a thing that you've noticed is that there is a, there is a profile athlete that uh, coach Freeman kind of recruits, especially at different positions. Um, yeah. I got a lot of guys come in lean, leaner than you would like, but I think in the last five years, there's been just a general, the kids coming in a lot more, are a lot more red, physically ready and physically developed for the college game. They don't look like necessarily mm-hmm. high school kids anymore. Um, other than that, we really emphasize length, uh, with this staff, um, regardless, just across the board, especially on defense, length is a big, big requirement. Um, and then you just see some of these offensive linemen that are coming in. I mean, we always complain as Notre Dame fans that they're small, they're not Georgia size, but they're substantially larger than like when they were coming in five four or five years ago. Yeah. Uh, those kids would come in, you know, 250, 260 pounds. These guys are coming in close to 300. They're, they're not there yet, but you can tell there's a, there's a market difference in offensive linemen, uh, linebackers, another position that guys are bigger. I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think it's just Notre Dame. I, I see it across some of the other teams as well in college. 
I don't know if the game is uh, the run and shoot is kind of dying down a little bit. Some, some teams are going back to power football, uh, mm. but there's definitely more size at linebacker. For example, we used to, we used to put all of our freshman linebackers almost pretty much in like a size 46 jacket. Uh, now we're right. up to like a 48 or 50 kind of just across the board. I, I don't know. Maybe it's a, maybe it's the college football landscape where, where the power run game is kind of coming back a little bit. Um, which I, I am all for because that's what I grew up with. Yeah, it, it, it everything is kind of cyclical in that way. Um, I've actually been kind of because you see the kind of the 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 recent success of like Michigan. You look at them and yeah. the way that they've been able to play Michigan, Georgia, exactly. And and so yeah. they have that. There is kind of a coming back of that, and I think Notre Dame was starting to kind of lean into that uh, with with Tommy Reese, and we'll, we'll see where that goes um, with with Jared Parker's new offensive coordinator um, regarding the, the length, you know, we've really seen that this cycle uh, recruiting wise, especially there's been a lot of, I guess, criticism of the the caliber of players that Notre Dame's taken, um, especially at linebacker Cahoon and Teddy Rizak. Uh, but they, they do fit those dimensions. They're very long on um, the very athletic um, the yeah, tall guy, yeah. like big guys, like they fit that athletic profile. And that's something that, that Marcus Freeman has definitely gone after, um, you know, on the trail. And we'll, we'll kind of see how that pans out, right? Like those are guys that, um, you, you know, it, it, you're not going to see a big contribution from them probably in the first couple of years. But a, as you get as you get along and as the roster kind of develops more and more and more, you're going to see the speed. Like I feel like people are always complaining about – the speed of Notre Dame, right? Notre Dame's too slow. And I think he's really trying to fix that. Um, and that was something that, you know, you saw at Cincinnati, right? Like, obviously, the, the idea behind it is at Cincinnati, you, you don't have any um, of the high caliber, like high four-star players. Like, for, for instance, Jalen Sneed or Drake Bowen or uh, Josh Burnham, uh, uh, Ziegler, you know, guys like that, where it's like you can't really get those guys at Cincinnati – but you do want that style of player. And I think that Marcus Freeman has definitely, um, you know, g- going towards that model. It's like, I want size, I want length and I want speed. And he's definitely gone after that. Um, how do you have, you, ha, let's make a comparison to BK in his time at Notre Dame. Like, was yeah. there a, um, ha, ha, what is the difference you've seen just in a couple of years there? Well, from a, if we're talking about how how close the team chem- team chemistry is good, team chemistry has kind of always been good. There's always been good leadership under BK in terms of players. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say the big drastic difference is th- there's a lot more chemistry amongst the co- coaching staff nowadays. Oh, interesting. I think, yeah, it's something that's behind the scenes that most people don't know or really don't hear about. But uh, I think the, the coaching staff is a lot more tight-knit than before. Um, before it was kind of like, you know, you would have two guys that would be close or, or, but it was, it was very rare to have a a fully cohesive staff. Um, I think that's, that's pretty different nowadays. Well, just walking around in that building, um, you get a different feel for what's going on. That's very interesting. Um, You like that. I feel like I don't want to sit. I would have thought. But just in terms of like how long Brian Kelly was around, right? right you right. just you just feel like maybe he would have been it, it would have been like very comfortable, especially at the end. 
you know, like he, because he, he always brought in people that you're familiar with, you know, and at the end, he, you know, there was a little bit of difference, but like with Clark Lee and Tommy Reese, like Tommy Reese is walking around, right? Like he knows those guys, Dell Alexander, like he'd been around for a long time. It's, it's interesting that that would be the case. Uh, Mike Elston, like he'd worked with him in the past. So um, I, I wonder how that's going to manifest itself um, on the football field. I mean, to, well, to Brian Kelly's credit, he, he's created i mean he's groomed a lot of really good coaches i mean there's a lot of his guys that are head coaches now nfl college i mean he's he he is a very good c like you hear this a lot he's a really good ceo he lets people Mm -hmm. delegate he he delegates a lot of his tasks is he around the office as much as marcus freeman like not a chance right he's he's not nearly as hands-on you can ask any of his former players on the record off the record they're going to tell, they're going to tell you the same thing. He's not as involved, but he's great at delegating. Um, and I think that's, that's why he succeeds. Um, but Marcus is different. Marcus is uh, every time I see him, I'm like, Hey dude, like you need to get some sleep. He, <laughs> he works, he works harder than anyone I know. And I, and I don't know how he does it, but um, I mean, we're all, we're all kind of in the same boat. Uh, a lot of, Notre, I guess most Notre Dame fans are, he, I think he gets it. And uh, if he, everyone wants him to succeed because he works so damn hard at it. Right. So, um, yeah, I think that's the big difference. I think the coaching staff is, is a little different. The makeup is different. Uh, it's definitely younger, right. Um, yeah. there's a lot more energy, energy. Um, I think the players are going to respond to that, especially nowadays. Uh, I think we have, we have some limitations at Notre Dame getting kids into school. Um, you know, we have, we have the weather, we have, as a former student, we have the, uh, the female population that is not, you know, SEC caliber. Um, so there, there are some, there are some hurdles, right? Uh, but, mm. you know, like it takes, it takes a special kind of guy to lead that program. Uh, I think, I think we're in the right place. What, okay. So let's, let's go in on the limitations a little bit. Cause you talked about that and I'm always curious to get um, the perspective of, people around the program, I guess, around the, you know, it seems like you're, you're talking to Marcus quite a bit. So what, in your view, what does, what does Notre Dame need to do as a football program to mitigate the the limitations or the, you know, the natural things, right? Like not where, where Notre Dame is located with the type of school that they are. Um, you know, they're not going to, there's not going to be online courses and that sort of thing. Like just the, 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 the boilerplate stuff that everyone knows about, like how does Notre Dame mitigate those things? What can they do better for on that? Um, I think Jack has done a great job in kind of really bring football to where, where it has been nowadays. Um, I think there's room to grow in that department. I think there's room for the administration to really get behind this NIL piece. Um, yeah. I know they're making progress. Uh, I, Cause you know, uh, I dress a lot of the guys on the board of trustees, that kind of level as well. So they're, they are making progress, but it's kind of like Notre Dame has always been reactionary to mm-hmm. the landscape in general. Uh, I think this crapshoot of Greg Sankey saying, Hey, let's, let's have the feds, uh, you know, legislate this, that's not going to happen. So, um, but also like, you'll see that this, this model of, Hey, if we're going to pay kids a ton of money to come to school, to play football is not sustainable in the long term. term. It really isn't. Uh, no one has that kind of money. No one's, no one wants to pay, you know, 
what, unofficially $18 million for that A&M recruiting class, which right. half the kids are still there, right? Um, but I think there's just, there's ways to improve there. Uh, I don't have, I certainly don't have the answers. Uh, maybe we get Pete Bavagua up on here and, and pick his brain. Um, but who is, who is also an ESQ client. Um, but, you know, I think there are just ways that I, I would like to see Notre Dame become more anticipatory instead of reactive. How would you view? Okay. So you're, you're in the, the apparel game. And so yeah. to speak, uh, what, what, yeah. what is your uh, thought on the, uh, the Under Armour versus Nike? Con- I'm, I'm just so you know, and you've listened to the show, so you know where I come out here. Very yeah, pro yeah. Nike, very pro yeah. Nike. Where, where do you, where do you come out on that? I think my viewpoint is irrelevant. I think it's what the kids want for player safety. What, what right? I, what I think, let, let me, let me, how important is it for the players themselves? Like the, the apparel. Like the, how, how I think like as a for a shirt or, or a jacket, I don't think it really matters what the logo yeah. is, right? Or for the jersey. Yeah. But I think it really matters when it comes down to footwear. I think there is a there's a real difference between quality of Nike footwear and Under Armour footwear. Just because yeah. of you have you have you know decades of engineering that go into making those. Like yes, I get it. Making a pair of shoes is not very doesn't cost much money. You're you're talking like a really nice pair of football cleats probably costs five to eight dollars to make. Mm-hmm. Uh, the rest goes into marketing, but there is a huge part of that that goes into R and D. So I think Nike has been doing this for a long time. They're they're specifically better for big guys, and I think that's uh, that's important. But money talks. I mean, if you put me in that position, and there's a there's you know tens millions of, of dollars in difference that that's gonna that's gonna matter um i don't know you would think that notre dame could put that aside and be like hey we have a huge endowment and we can we can figure this out um but you know i'm not i'm not the athletic director that's a that's a jack question yeah and it's like like you said it's a player performance problem you know like yeah. the, the, it's like it literally comes down to performance on the field so yeah that that has to weigh like and it, honestly I and, and I, you know like you said it's easy for us to say oh yeah just turn down the money like you know that's it's it's not our decision right like we're not in that position we don't know what the money what would be what that would mean for the program itself where that money the extra money could go and that, um, but I don't know I'm very partial to Nike. I've said many times, if, if they go with Under Armour, I'm going to do a live show and I'm <laughs> ja- Jamie doesn't have to come on it and I'm going to complain and I'm going to do a, like a rant. Probably. I'm just, I'm just, I mean, you, you just look at the top athletes across, let's just focus on football, like in the NFL, yeah. right? How many, how many of your top players are wearing Under Armour? It's, <laughs> you know, what's funny. Few and far between. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what's funny is Kyle Hamilton is repped by Under Armour. Oh, okay. My guy. Okay. So, but he's I don't not, know. He's he, not. He wore He's not Armour known for his straight line speed, maybe. I don't, I don't know. I'm just, <laughs> oh, I'm just that's tough. It's tough. It's true, though. That's a bummer. That's that's true. You got me. You got me. Not known for his straight. That's good stuff. No, but you're right. I mean, that like, and and Matt talked about too, like how many like it's been Nike a Nike team that's won the national championship every year since like 2010 or whatever it was, 2013. It's it's usually a Nike program. You know, and so there might be um might be a reason for that. Got so when 
Notre Dame was not Nike. They were not under like a Reebok team. They were Adidas for a little bit. Um, when did you? When is your first champion? Oh, champion, champion, champion jerseys. jerseys. Well, you know that there was a, there yeah. was a, there was an article in the, the Notre Dame Observer talking about you got to bring back the mesh champion jerseys, and that's they got to forego Under Armour and Nike and Jordan and everything to go back to champion. So maybe that's the kids the kids love champion nowadays. I don't know. It's made a comeback. Uh, <laughs> people, but kids on the street corner, many people are talking about the champion the champion uh, brand. Yeah. Um, what is your mind, first but... what What is your first Notre Dame memory there as a fan? Okay. So we'll kind of get into the, the story a little bit. Um, okay. So my Notre Dame story is that uh, my f- I was born I was born in China, uh, and when I was four years old, my father left uh, left China to come to the U.S. kind of create a better life for for us. So between I'm sorry, when I was two years old. So between the two ages of two and five, um, my dad was here. My mom left shortly after too. So they were just kind of trying to figure things out here. Um, and then through Father Ted, he started a program for international students uh-huh. um, uh, from China, a, a pilot program. And my dad was his first law student. So um, that's our that's our Notre Dame story. I mean, I grew up, I, I lived in South Bend between like mm-hmm. five and seven or eight. I grew up a Notre Dame fan. My sister was born in, at South Bend Memorial. I mean, it's a... Uh, I always knew if I could, if I could manage the grades, uh, I would, that's probably where I would end up. So, so yeah, that's the, that's the Notre Dame story, but I've been going to games. Uh, I've been a rabid fan since I was five years old. Um, I think, um, I mean, you talk about memories from back in the day, watching uh, Mark Edwards was definitely one of, one of the, one of the favorites. Uh, okay. A guy that gets grossly overlooked because I'm not that big, but like I, I, I enjoy the underdogs. Uh, Joey Gatherall is one of my favorite players. Let's go! Shout out! He's he's in your area. He's a firefighter out there. His um, coach was my coach. Oh really? Okay. Yeah. So yeah. he 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 came to Notre Dame, and then his coach it, it was his the my coach was the defensive coordinator at his high school. Um, so he wasn't technically his coach, but I mean, you know, when you're in high school and yeah, you have yeah. a defensive coordinator, like you're, you know, uh, yeah. So he came from the high school of my high school, uh, head coach. Yeah. So Joey, Joey, uh, and I got connected. I mean, definitely one of my favorite players. And then, you know, mm-hmm. when I was a student there, like you have the, I was there for the good and the bad Charlie Weiss here. So you, you have, you know, Z- Zibby just from being a Chicago kid, mm-hmm. uh, tough as nails. Um, you know, there's a, there's a lot of guys, all oh, Corey minor because of his advisor, his neck roll just looked like a badass with a single digit. That, that, that whole, that whole, uh, 95, 96 linebackers like Cobbins, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tatum. Um, yeah. Cobbins, Tatum, Burt Berry, Corey minor with the, with the, with the, all the dark visor and the, and the, yeah, and yeah. the cowboy collar. He was also coached by my, uh, high oh, okay. so he came from the same school. Yeah. So you knew him very well. So that's that's long and short of it. I mean, we've been we still go to a lot of games. Um, still go to a lot of games. Uh, usually, well, I haven't missed a home opener since for like thirty years now, something like that. Over mm. thirty years. Mm. Um, we started that trend with my with my boys as well. So uh, we'll keep it going. 
And you you said you you played football? Played through high school. Yeah. Um, played through high school. I mean, in junior high, I was I've been this size. I was starting left tackle in high school in junior high. Let's go uh, left tackle. <laughs> yeah, at five five nine, right? Uh, we actually <laughs> actually played through the same pro played through the same program as Chris Watt. We like I held down his spot before him, which is really funny. Um, then, you were just you know, keeping it warm, up. you know. Like, listen, Chris Watt, he was probably the teach tape you were probably showing him. Like, hey, this is how yeah, it's yeah. got to go. This is the footwork. There, there was not much footwork. We put our right hand down <laughs> at, at left tackle back in the day. <laughs> well, you, you and Jamie, you and Jamie, we got to get you out of the game, and we got to get you. Uh, we got to go some one on ones at. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not Jamie. I'm not Jamie size. I'm I'm all of five. I'm maybe five nine and a half. Maybe. Um, well, you know what yeah. they say. You know that size is uh, is size is relative. You know it's g- g- leverage, base, that sort of thing. You, you got to get I, that I, stuff I, down. I will have a quip about Notre Dame ending interhealth football, and I'm not thrilled about that because I get got to play a few more years. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. You, you so you yeah. played interhall football. Yeah, yeah, uh, I loved it. Um, it was just a. It's not a sport you get to get a couple of buddies and like, hey, let's go play up, pick up basketball. Right, right? for so sure. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It's something that I think a lot of the kids that at least when I was there that played like they loved they loved interhall football. It was just another re- like another chance to put on pads. Um, so I'm kind of bummed about that. I, I get it from a safety, safety, you know, viewpoint. I, I also yeah. get it from Notre Dame doesn't want to get sued. Right, um, for sure. But I'm kind of bummed out about that. Yeah, when I was in college, um, I was before I went to go play football. I was running track, and so it. What my buddies would they would live in the dorms, and they would have these like, they would have like basically dorm football which what it was, yeah. but it wasn't, it wasn't organized like that. Like it was just go out there and they're playing tackle and no pads. And yeah. I was like, no, that's stupid. Like I'm not doing that. Cause I, cause I played tackle. Right. So it's like, if I, I've played tackle, I'm not going to go like trying to tackle someone with my shoulder, like bare shoulder. Like I'm, yeah. like, you'll get hurt. Right. Like that's, that's bad. So at least interhall football, um, you know, it's, it's somewhat organized. You got pads on. There's, you got the helmets. There's refs. There, there, there yeah, might there's be some referees. kids. There might be some kids that are really hungover, or maybe still a little inebriated yeah, yeah, from the yeah. night before. But yeah. yeah, it's a bummer. I mean, like you said, I, I can see it both ways. Um, especially in like 2023, you just got to be really careful. You know, there's just it, 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 with everything. It's not just that, but you got to be like like Zom Hall, like getting shut down, like like things like that. It's like when you grow up, it's like, oh yeah, it's like the crazy dorm, and now it's kind of like, I don't, I don't know if that's. Uh, I guess I kind of get it, but it, there is a bit of nostalgia that always goes away with that I, stuff. I think crazy, crazy for Notre Dame is different than crazy for other places. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, maybe that's very likely the case. Um, yeah. So, do do you have a favorite? Uh, do you have a favorite game? I don't know. Um, from recent memory. I would. What my favorite what game, pops to your mind? I mean, obviously Clemson last year. Recent memory, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Recency, yeah. recency bias. Yeah. Um, we were we were pretty close to the action, and then it was one of those games where it's like, do you rush the field because we're beating them so bad? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I and I was with my dad, who's sixty five, but he wanted to rush the field, so we did. And then it was kind of like a. It, it was a very you know organized rush the field, and then once we yeah. got on there, we're just like crap now what do we do like we're not gonna 
we're not celebrating with a bunch of 18 to 20 year olds. So like it took uh-huh. us like 40 minutes to get off the field, but that was fun. Um, honestly, like, even though we were just stuck at home, that 2020 Clemson game really, uh-huh. really sticks in my mind. Cause that was like, that's the first big, big win we've had in a long time. Granted. Yeah. Trevor wasn't playing, but I mean, still the way that game was won. Um, and then, and then, you know, was it US, USC 20, 2014, 2014, the Will Fuller one? Uh, 15. 15, yeah, that was that was something. And then my first home game as a student was Michigan in 04. So the first home game when we knocked off, I think, number three, Michigan. Yes, Darius that. Walker. Darius Walker. Yeah, Darius Walker. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, so um, a lot of good stuff there. A lot of good stuff. A lot of home openers. Unfortunately, like I can think of some bad ones. Um, although they usually win the home opener, they usually do. Um, yeah, as long as we don't schedule Ohio State. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's <laughs> or that was you know, <laughs> gosh, that was so that was so unfortunate. Just like a like a really kind of tough way for Marcus Freeman to kind of start, right? Like you have the Fiesta Bowl, then you have Ohio State in your first two games, um, and Marshall obviously didn't help. How how nervous were you at the start of last year? Because I was pretty. If you've listened, if you listen to our like post game shows after that, first of all, Mike was very much not in a good space. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it was concerning. I mean, because you know Tyler Buckner had just gotten hurt. I mean, it, you know, you're looking at like five and seven. You know, four, I, I thought four and eight was in play. Seriously. Honestly. Yeah, I'm pretty concerned. Um. I don't know. It's Notre Dame's had a hard time kind of getting things going, not just last year, but, you know, you talk about a couple of years before that when, when we really should have lost to Vanderbilt, mm-hmm. um, right? Uh, that would have changed everything. Like, there's, there's, a, there's been some games where – but that's football, right? It, it's yeah. not one on paper. There's always going to be upsets. Um, that's, why, that's why people love the sport. Um. I don't know. I think I think this year sets up a lot better, right? That mm-hmm. we get some, we get some. It's not Michigan. It's not like Michigan schedule or anything close to that. But at least you right. get some kind of run runway into the the tougher games. It's hard. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's all it's it's all very like kind of in the middle, you know. But like weeks four or um, I think you know, weeks four Duke is like nine. I think Duke is going to be a really tough game. Um, just the way it's sandwiched into the schedule. Yeah. I think that's the it's, it, 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 is, it is definitely difficult. I think that Notre Dame is able to – so I think coaches and players kind of like it when the, when the season is com- compartmentalized or you kind of break it up, right? And I think it will be very easy for them to say, okay, like the first three weeks we're ramping up and then weeks four through, I guess, in the Clemson mm-hmm. are very like, okay – this is when we need to be peaking. This is when we need to be on our game all the time. And I think when you do that, when you break it up into like a five or six week uh, kind of run up, that that really helps a team because you. And, and what comes after that might be a little bit dangerous, you know, just in terms of a letdown and that sort of thing. But it really helps a team kind of focus on okay because it's hard to it's hard to go like one to 12, like we're on all the time. Like it doesn't really work. And that's why you see so many upsets, right? Like that's when you see so many kind of like let down games and, 
in games when it just doesn't happen because you, you just you can't do it. You can't do. It. I mean, we saw it with Lou Holtz. You know, like Lou Holtz teams like had this had this problem where it's like they would lose like the yeah, most yeah. random game. Like they would lose a like 1990 lose a terrible game to Stanford. That was a terrible Stanford team. Right, happened the same thing happened in 1992. Right, so like there's always some stumbling. It's it happens with the great teams with the great coaches. Uh, we call Urban Meyer a great coach. I mean, that's what his Ohio State teams are known for, right? Just losing a random just getting absolutely boat raced by like like yeah. Iowa, some random, yeah, Purdue. random thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I, it's interesting about Marcus Freeman too, and I, and I want I want to get your view on this as well. I think too much last year was made of um, him being a first-time head coach. Like everything bad that happened, like it was attributed to him being a first-time head coach. You know, oh, lost to Marshall. Like he didn't know how to come back from the Ohio State game. First-time head coach. Like didn't know how to get the team up. And I always thought, well, I mean, Notre Dame, oh, like in 2021 with Brian Kelly who's as the, the the complete opposite of a first-time head coach. So like you've been doing it for yeah, three yeah. decades and they start out with Florida state and then they come back against Toledo and they lay an egg against Toledo. Right. I mean, they're, they're, they're on the way to losing frankly to Toledo. Right. So to me, yep, it's like yep. the difference between losing that game and winning that game. It comes down to a couple bounces. One guy, like if the quarterback decides to take a knee, they're going to lose the game. And yep. so to me, it's like, they weren't ready to go. They weren't sharp on that game on that day. The same thing as Marcus Freeman, right? And so to me, I, I think the the kind of the evidence of Marcus Freeman as a coach comes after that when he's able to get them to find a way to win against Cal. When you could, you know, you got the backup quarterback and Drew Pine can't do anything in the first quarter. It looks terrible. Can't do anything. Go and beat BYU, right? Go beat North Carolina. And uh, Drake May, who's like, you know, is a really great quarterback, right? And you go out on the road and beat North Carolina. Obviously, that defense is terrible, but it's a great offensive team. And then they come back against Stanford, and they have a letdown against Stanford, which we've seen in other seasons with Brian Kelly's teams on the on 2021, on the way to losing to uh, to a terrible Virginia Tech team, right? And and they lose that game, and then they go beat Syracuse, then they go beat Clemson. Right. And then they, 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 they run off a string of games. You finish eight and four. Like to me, a bad coach doesn't finish eight and four last year. It falls off. Like the, they, like the season falls off the rails. I don't, I don't think they, I don't think they, uh, I don't think that's a good season. Right. And then you go win the bowl game. So go ahead. I, I think leadership on the team definitely matters. Right. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't think Notre Dame ever lacked leadership or very rarely do they lack leadership in that locker room. Um, so I think that definitely helps as well. I think last year, last year, honestly, not to throw anyone under the bus, but we were, we were limited by the talent on the field. I think there's no way, no other way to look at, look at that. Mm. Um, when your offense can't stay on the field, there's, it's hard. It's hard when you, um, you know, there's a, I think there's a reason that Hartman's here and those two guys aren't right. Yeah. So uh, hopefully that hopefully we get the good Sam Sam Hartman. Um, I mean, you could you you could say like it was a, they had a talent deficiency at quarterback, right? And in the losses, you just look and it's just it's poor quarterback play, you know. And if you, look, if we you go, said it, we said it at the time we hark on the defense, but if you're going three and out and three and out and three and out and three and out, there's no defense that just can be dominant 
especially nowadays, it's, it's very tough for that to happen. Not that, you know, let's just give a quick pass to everything that the defense did last year. Um, but, you know, I think, I think the offense really limited what you could do. It, it, granted, like Michael Mayer is one of the greatest players to ever play at Notre Dame. But if your tight end is your number one option and kind of your only option, that is a problem. Yeah, me and Jamie talked about that in the preseason last year of like, how good can you be if your tight end is your best player? You know, and and obviously Georgia, you know, like <laughs> you can be pretty Bowers good, is, I guess. Bowers, Bowers <laughs> is different, man. Bowers is different. Uh, well, also like that- the rest of that roster is also different as well. I mean, that's Correct. that's kind yeah, of a yeah. different that, that context is different. And, you know, we're speaking in the context of Notre Dame, uh, you know, it kind of foretold like you're not going to be the most explosive team. Right. Like you're not going to be the most dynamic team. Your tight end is your best player there. Um but, it, you know, but speaking of the defense, like you said, like, and where it's like the defense was really bad was USC, you know, and obviously Caleb Williams got a lot to do with that, right? Like he made a lot of defenses look terrible. Like even in the losses they had against Utah, like he, he did numbers, you know? So, uh, but yeah, like, you know, obviously giving up 21 Ohio State, you take that every time. You go into the fourth quarter against Marshall. They've given up 12 points. Obviously, you don't like the drive at the end, right? And that's, but it's like if you're a top 30 defense, you should be able to beat Marshall. Points, right? You give up 19 points against Marshall. One was a pick six. That's not on the defense. You give up 19 points against Marshall, you should win. You know, you give up 16 points against Stanford, should win, right? So I I think the defense was not dominant and they've got a lot to improve upon and there's a lot of guys and you know defensive line we got they get they have to uh you know replace isaiah foskey right and they have to they, they replace jason adam alola both adam alola right and they have to do that linebackers have to play better but there's i think i think the defense because of the way the stats came out i think it's a little bit People look at holistically, I think they look at them as a, like a really bad unit. When in fact, you know, you're talking probably like top 35, top 30 defense. Above, above average. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's certainly able to win. And with Sam Hartman this year, you expect, okay, we're like, we're going to be putting up points on these teams. We don't need to be, um, you know, we don't need to be squeaking out games 20 to 17 uh, against, you know, Hope the, so. the, the Stanfords so. of the world. Well, who, who are you excited? I mean, obviously beyond, uh, beyond Sam Hartman because everyone I think everyone's excited about him who, who are you yeah, excited yeah. to see on the offense right like Audrey Estime is going to get a much bigger role uh wh- who else are you excited about on the offense what, what, do you, what I are mean you those are kind of like the everyone's kind of been talked about already right I, I'm yeah. I'm excited to see I'm excited to see um uh what's it I'm excited to see Billy Shroud Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Oh, well, offensive yeah, yeah. lineman, right? Yeah. Okay. No, 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 no. I mean, everyone else has been <laughs> talked about it ad nauseum. You, t- Tobias and Audric is Audric, I think, is in, in for a monster year. But if you have Billy who can lock down a spot and really move guys and put him next to Joe, Joe I, I, I mean, that's, I think, like potentially on a Quentin Nelson, Mike McGlinchey kind of level mm. uh, where, where you can just run at guys. And if you can do that, if you can get a three-yard push from your offensive line, then have Audric make first contact at three, four yards. That's that's a win, right? Um, yeah, I, I would say I'm I'm 
if the offensive line is good, I think this offense is going to roll. Yeah. I mean, I, it's especially when you, you factor in, you know, it can do much more, like you can do so much more at quarterback, right? Like, like and yeah, I think yeah. that's the thing that people are, are, are kind of forgetting is, is because last year was so limited offensively and to be in, in, in some ways, it was very limited in 2021 too, because in early the offensive line wasn't great. And B, Jack Cohn, he was a very good, like kind of a mid-range passer, but he yep. wasn't, he wasn't the type of guy, like he wasn't like Sam Hartman, where it's like, I want to push the ball. Like I want, I want to go. And yeah. and and even if he did, like really good at it. Like we've talked about it a lot. He wasn't a great deep ball thrower. I think Sam Hartman's a great deep ball thrower. And so that can open up the offense so much more. Um I kind of have a feeling that there, there's a chance. You remember? So speaking of 05, when you when you were in college, and 04 was your first season. That offense was not good. Like, gross. No. In in terms of just like <laughs> everything was so elementary. Yeah. yeah. Like, I felt like can we can we complete a slant route? Can we complete an out route? We couldn't. We couldn't last year. Uh, exactly like like there are right. so many things last year it's like can we run an rpo like ever you know and and so like it was just so it felt so elementary it felt so basic and then in going back to 04 and 05 the difference between 04 and 05 it's like charlie weiss comes in it's like every pass someone's wide open we're running people are running free everywhere you know we're running double back-to-back screenplays you know it, it just seemed like, and i think that's why people were so excited and people have such good feelings about that 05 team because of the contrast to 04 and i think that has a chance to happen this year where it's just like every time we went every time i say we they, they always get mad at me when i say that like when the, the Notre Dame, <laughs> the Notre Dame fan the Notre Dame fan of me just comes out all the time anytime Notre Dame drops back last year it was like i don't know like is this good or is it not good yeah. i feel like this year it has a chance to be like really okay like we're dropping back someone's about to be wide open it's going to be great you know i i think yeah. that's in there um i mean all that depends on the wide receivers chris tyree's going to be a big deal uh, Tobias Merriweather, I'm I'm being an intentionally not going too far in on Tobias. It's just a lot there. There's a lot of potential there, and I don't want to put too much. And I have done it in the past. Like I said, like I made a video last year that Lorenzo Styles is going to be like Will Fuller in 2014. I, I thought I thought so too. It didn't I mean, happen. <laughs> yeah, uh, but you know it's. It, they're similar, right? Elite kind of speed. Uh, Will Fuller honestly had some pretty sketchy hands too. Uh, he yeah, would catch yeah. like he would catch all the tough passes, the over the head like bombs. But then if you just yeah. threw him a screen, he would drop all of those. It was it was yeah. very strange. It was very strange. So they were similar kind of in that regard. Yeah, I th- I, and then I was not in the program. Uh, gosh, college yeah. football. What what a okay. sport. Yeah. Um, you you talked about Jalen Snead earlier. And uh, you're a big fan, uh, I think. Oh, who who else are you looking for to make a contribution this year that maybe didn't last year? I mean, I wouldn't. It wouldn't be fair to say he didn't, but Botello is the obvious choice, right? I think mm-hmm. the, the kid is going to have. I think he's going to have a monster, monster year. Uh, not just because he's Matt Freeman's favorite player, uh, but yeah. I mean, if you extrapolate what he did, just look at the bowl game. 
I mean, you give, I don't know why. I honestly couldn't tell you why he didn't get more minutes. Um, I think he's in for a monster year. Yeah. I think, uh, I think Xavier Watts has, has a chance to be special. There you go. Right there. That's my guy. Uh, 26. And I, and I, I've been reading these comments and everyone's like, who's going to start next to uh, X? I, I would, I have a decent, feeling in the by the by the middle of the season it's going to be that transfer from where is it new hampshire rhode island Antio- rhode island yeah uh I, I think at least from a physical standpoint i mean yeah. um thomas harper is not by any means a physically imposing player i'm sure he'll get some time but i think this kid just just looking at him be like oh if he can pick up the position he's he's got he's got the he's got the physical part down for sure like he's got an nfl kind of build yeah I, th- I I I think there's a good chance that happens before the uh, the middle of the season. I think was, I mean that could be game one. You know, I, I mean, people, I think people that, always and then, sorry, and people always talk trash about the linebackers. But I think Bertrand's a really good player. I I, I mean, he's not like a he's not a first round pick. He's mm-hmm. like a, he might be a free agency or late late rounder somewhere. But he understands the game. I mean, people talk about. I think you you look back and everyone's like our linebackers are so bad. Everyone thinks back that. Bertrand, but that was two years ago when he was playing with one arm, right? So I think, right. I think, I think Bertrand Kaiser Marist, if he can turn around the mental part of it, I mean, you got a good core, but it's the young guys. Obviously, it's the young guys you're excited about. Yeah, I think there was a lot of, um, I think uh, specifically Bertrand. I think he gets too much. Uh, he gets too much flack because his numbers were good. Um, for, on, for the amount of snaps he played, people have to remember. Like, uh, Maris played the most snaps, but six hundred, like what he had, six hundred and five or something like that. Like, it, that's not a lot of snaps. Like, Coney and uh, Coney and Tranquil played like nine hundred something snaps. Yeah. It's it's so it's like that is full time. Like playing six hundred is not that many. I think Bertrand. Um, I think he was fine, but you know, I had a couple. He had a couple uh, you know, targeting penalties and missed some a lot of time that way. Uh, I think I think Jack Kaiser has the chance to like have a really good year. Um, I like to throw. He's a years. he's a really really good athlete. People don't talk about this. He's one of the fastest players on that team, um, but just doesn't get talked about. I don't know. I think they I think they got a chance to be pretty good. Um, Maris Maris just wasn't fully. I don't think he was fully healthy. Yeah. It's not like he came back from everyone just expected one year off from his injury and him to be a hundred percent. I don't think that necessarily happens. And I think this, this ties in the JD price piece. Like, I mean, I've heard from everyone that last spring ball, right. I've heard from multiple, multiple people that he was the best running back in the room and you got some good backs in there. Yeah. Uh, looking at him physically. So this is the, this is the cool piece is that like we get that sneak peek of, what everyone looks like physically before anyone else does because mm. we're making jackets for everyone. Uh, JD Price is like his upper body is is Audric big. He's put on some yes. noticeable size, but his legs are still pretty small. I think. I mean, it's just from his injury, right? Mm. So if he can get back to form, I think he's. Uh, I think he's gonna be pretty good. It's just it's a tough injury to come back from that fast. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, it, it, so there's you know there's that piece. I I don't know what to make of JD Price. Speaking of him, I'm concerned about 
just the Achilles and the, the lack of work that he got. Marcus Freeman has now said, though, to multiple outlets, to Notre Dame, uh, to not to Notre Dame, to, uh, to Irish Sports Daily. He told Matt, you know, he's 100% ready to go. He told Irish Illustrated. I think it was Tim Priester who did that interview. He told him he was 100% ready to go. And so he just keeps saying that. So I don't know. I, I'm... I've, I've been very like kind of bearish on him, but you know, obviously we'll see what happens. They op- they open spring practice. In there's the, there's no need to push week, him. So. There's no need to push right. him. Right. You got Audrick can carry most of the load. I think there are times where it's not just the training staff, but these kids obviously want to play. Right. Yeah. Um, but like there's just times kids are coming back too fast. I think Raritan came back too fast. And that kid is, that kid had elite, elite kind of potential. Um, yeah. Just, I think he just came back too fast. I mean, you, yeah. you're talking nine months from an ACL and you're you're full go. That's the risk of re tearing that or tearing the other one is, is yeah. really really high. Yeah, it's tough because like the the sports science now is so advanced that like you can't you can get back. I mean, we, it's kind of like Sean Crawford, right. you know, like you saw right. kind of the same. You can get back. Yeah, yeah, but should you be back? You know what I mean. Like it, it's every it's season. There's hard. one. A- Avery Davis. Yeah, right? as yeah. A, as another. Um, yeah. I feel so bad for him. The way that that yeah that kind of ended, right? So just because you can doesn't mean you should. Uh, I don't. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, that's a good point about like coming back too soon. I, I hadn't really thought of that. Um, Notre Dame's had a lot of recurrence of major injuries, so that's something to keep in mind. Um, yeah, not everyone can be Drew Tranquil, right? With no no knees and just no balling out in the NFL. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, look, the, the power the power of will, right? Like you yeah, can, yeah uh, they, you, you go make it happen. Uh, yeah. I think I think there's a lot of excitement about the corners this year. Cam Hart is another one where, where I was on him a little bit earlier than most people. I defend him a lot because I think. You know, Jamie and I have talked a lot about he has what's called what I like to call uh, loud misses, loud, bad plays where it's like he he has a most of his play is solid, really good. I mean, his numbers from a completion percentage standpoint, from a yards per attempt standpoint, I mean, they're up there with like the Julian Loves and Troy Prides. He's got to stay healthy. Got to stay healthy. But he 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 gives up too many loud plays, you know. Blown, like kind of mental errors, blown assignments, that sort of thing. Uh, he's got to clean those up. But the shoulder, like you said, it's just like such a problem. And it's been a problem his entire career. It concerns me. But I think, gosh, if he could just stay healthy and and stay on track. I mean, this is, I think he's a, I think he's a NFL. This is the best, best duo we've had since Vontaze Duff and Shane Walton. Well, think of the so think of Julian like okay the best duos right like Vontez Duff Shane Walton like little guys right uh, Troy Pride um, I think Julian. he might have been five eleven I think they were both under six feet right yeah. so you got two guys again little guys like Ben Morrison like six two Cam Hart six two I don't know I don't know I don't know if Ben is I'm six gonna two. say I'm gonna say six two <laughs> okay even though you're in, how, how tall is he tell me how tall he is. I would say Ben is probably between six and six one. He's not six he's and not. six one. Let's go sixes. Christian Gray is another one. I think he's he's a taller guy, right? So you, they have some size at these corners who are good. 
you know, and I think that's a big deal. Uh, um, it help. It just really helps, man. Like Ben Morrison could be the best corner since like Todd Light, like going way back. I mean, Bobby yeah. Taylor, you could, you could call a corner. Um, he, I mean, he played corner in NFL, so we'll call him that. Like Bobby Taylor, Todd Light back in the nineties, you know, just like those types of players. Um, where you've got that size, got that playmaking ability. Um, it was just a lockdown guy, you know. And we I think corner is one of those positions you can play young guys too. Obviously, yeah, you saw Ben do it, but um, I think from a mental perspective, it's one of the easier positions to learn, right? You kind of just if you're a great athlete, you could play corner early. So yeah, I hope I hope these young guys get on the field. Because here's the thing about playing corner, guy, is that. There's only three coverages, really. You're, <laughs> what are you well, talking about? <laughs> no, 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 no. There's yeah, yeah. no. There's different coverages for the defense, yeah, but like yeah. you're in man, you're in a third, or you yep. are playing the uh, playing flat. It's really all right. The rest of the defense, the, the defense itself, can be in some weird coverage, you know. Yep. But the yeah, corner yeah. doesn't have that many different techniques to learn things to learn you're you're you know like i said you're in a quarter coverage or you're a third coverage man or you're playing the flat right like there's yeah. not a lot there the rest of it can be all confusing um and that's why it's so hard to play safety early because then you have to learn so there's, many there's, things it's not the most complicated position there's a reason why lsu put so many corners in the, in the league yeah right yeah it's, it's not just not it's not yeah it's you don't have to yeah you don't have to be you don't have to make checks you have to know the checks, but you don't have to make them. You don't have to know when they're coming out and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's a good point. It's a good point. I mean, Jade Mickey played early last year. Um, He's going to be good. He's going to be good. I mean, even the, play, the most of the plays where he was beat, he was there, right? It was kind of like, uh, uh, I think he's going to be really good. Uh, he made the – he just had more, like you said, he had loud misses. Uh, I think Mickey's going to be good. I think for him – you think about like, okay, the British Open's on right now. Think about like, I'm going to make a golfing analogy a little bit. It's like if you're a putter and you're looking at 10, 12 footers all the time and they're just burning edges, burning edges, burning edges, you get to the point where it's like, man, I'm not going to make any of these, you know? And I think that, I think that Jaden Mickey was kind of in that position where it's like, he was there, he was there, he was there, but he was never actually making the play. And, and so then it gets in your head like, man, I'm, I'm getting beat all the time. When really, you're there. You know, you're, 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 yeah. you're, you're, you're there. And, that, and that, that's the important part. And, I, you know, someone who I, um, who I remember this was similar, in a similar way was uh, Troy Pride in 2016. When he was played, he played a little bit too early. But he was always kind of there. But he was, they were, he was always giving up the catch. He's there to make the tackle. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. I know what and you're talking so, about. Yeah, so I mean, you, it's uh, you look at Tariq Bracey, he was the, he was the same way, um, right? And then you know, once the timing was down, like there were there were a couple plays last year where Mickey just kind of mistimed it by a split second, jumped too early or whatnot, but he was there, yeah. right? Um, yeah, I, I think he's gonna be good, yeah. Um, yeah, give me a I'm gonna put you on the spot, give me a season prediction right here. What do, oh, what do you think Notre Dame's gonna do? <sighs> uh, I would, I would, I want to say eleven and one, but realistically, a ten and two season. Let's go eleven and one. I don't, I don't know. I think, I think 10, 10 wins is kind of. This is maybe just overly optimistic, but I think ten wins is a floor. 
Because um, between – I'm not sold that Clemson is the Clemson of old. Uh, I'm just not. Maybe that offensive coordinator changes everything for them. But mm-hmm. uh, I think I think they're going through a culture culture issue right now there. Um, I don't think Clemson is – like we, you gave me a list. Like, hey, how, where, where would you put Notre Dame? I think there's a – I think they're just distinct tier one of teams. I don't think Clemson's there anymore. I think it's Bama, Georgia, mm. and – and uh, Ohio State. I think the tier two, and then I think Clemson is in that tier two with us, with Michigan, with uh, LSU. Um, I think they're they're right on the cusp, but I don't think Clemson is in that first tier anymore. So I think Clemson is a pretty winnable game. Uh, granted, it's there. They're gonna be. They're gonna have it circled after what happened last year for sure. Uh, Ohio State's got a new quarterback. Granted, he's a five star, but five stars don't always pan out uh there's a ch- there's a chance there usc uh, i would i would i would love it if it's 30 30 degrees and blown strong winds uh i mean the rest of the team i don't know they have so many transfers it's so hard to project that kid mm-hmm. caleb, caleb williams is a special special player i'm not i'm not sure it necessarily translates to the nfl like mahomes did um, yeah but as a college player, man, he's he's special. So that's going to be a tough game. I, I think that's going to be a tough game. And the other probably toughest game I think would be Duke. I think Riley. I think I think Mike El- Mike Elko is a really good coach. Yeah, uh, to do what he did in year one down there. Uh, Riley Leonard, their QB is. I mean, he could he could he has that first round kind of potential. So I think they're going to be a tough team. But I mean, if you take what we had last season. And just put a quarterback on that team and with, with like a, 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 a good quarterback. I think you easily win the Marshall and Stanford games. And I think you potentially win Ohio State or, or, or USC as USC. well. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's the, that's where I'm coming from. I, w- I want to say 11 and one, but I, I think 11 and one gets us into the playoffs. Um, but probably. I, I agree with that, by the way. Here's the thing, God. I think you should one. I don't think you should do a caveat. I don't like caveats. You should you should just go with it. Let's go eleven and one. Let's go eleven and one. I like Let's that. So, so, yeah. so what you're saying is like, look, USC Ohio State, both at home. Find a way to win one of those games. Yeah. Find yeah. a way to win one of those games. And and I I agree with you on Clemson. I I think that Notre Dame has recent success against Clemson. You know, and and look, whenever there's good feelings, they, they are not going to have that. Like they haven't had like this team, you know, they've had recent success against USC, but it's different because the new coaching staff and everything. Yeah. They definitely haven't against Ohio State, you know. And so for there's a little there might be a little bit of a kind of a mental block there with Ohio State, but that shouldn't be there with Clemson, you know, even if it's on the road, like you should be ready to go. And here's the other thing that I think it helps Notre Dame with like the the Dukes and the, uh, you know, the NC States and the, uh, you know, the, the Clemsons of the world is that pit. Sam Harmon's Harmon's played against them. It's not new for him. He's played against those teams. So it's like, he, he kind of has like, like, this is not weird. Like, I don't, I don't, this is, this isn't anything that I have not seen before. I've played these teams. I'm used to playing these teams. I've done numbers against these teams. 
I mean, he put he gave he gave Clemson six touchdowns last year. Like he, what is he? You know, why is he? What he he's not going to be all intimidated or anything like that. So the, I think the Ohio State, game. the Ohio State one, we got to win that. Um, it's the opposite of last year, right? Last year we had a first year QB going into yeah. going into the shoe. I think this year they got a first Q, first year QB. Yeah, I think. I mean, if Joe Alt and Blake Fisher are as good as advertised, they got to show it in that game. Yep. Right. Um, I think there's a chance. I, I, I mean, I wouldn't say over 50%, but there's a substantial chance. There's I think, a chance. I think, yeah, I think what Michael just said, I think like the Ohio State one is the big one. If we beat Ohio State, everything changes. Right. Yeah. It's like and then, we've beaten the USC. We've beaten Clemson. If we beat Ohio State, the national, the landscape, uh, the perspective from national pundits, that's going to really change. Yeah, and that's but when then again, got, well, that's when you got to worry about Duke. So, yeah, I don't know how. Uh, I I still don't know how Michigan is boat racing two years in a row. Um, well, I think the time of game matters. You know, they get to play them yeah. at the end of November. I mean, if they play, yeah. if Michigan and Ohio State played the opener in September, like perfect night, it's not thirty degrees, like you said. Like it just, I yeah, think yeah. that matters. Like Ohio State's a passing team now; it's different. It's fair. So, they they got yeah. two really good running backs. Uh, no one's. It's crazy that no one's talking about Trayvon Henderson. They're just talking about the other the other kid who ran yeah. all over us last year. But they they got some good backs. Yeah, yeah, yep. Good, good football team. All right, God Wang says eleven and one, and that's what we're sticking with. I'm I'm gonna put it in the I'm gonna put it in the description. God Wang eleven and one playoff birth. So, it's good all stuff. Right. Uh, God, thanks for coming on the show, man. This is really fun. Uh, it's really good to talk uh, football with you. Good to talk uh, your product and all those things. Congratulations on all your success, by the way. That's really great. Thank you. Um, good for you. And um, yeah, thanks. Uh, everyone, check out ESPClothing.com. Take advantage of the of the promos and the codes and all those other things. It's a great product. Marcus Freeman's probably wearing it right now, uh, doing a lot of fun stuff. So uh, thank you, everyone, for tuning in. We will be back uh, next week sometime. So so. So fall practice uh, starts on the 26th, which is a Wednesday. I'm trying to coordinate with Jamie because I'm also on vacation again, but I will be doing shows. We're definitely doing shows while I'm on vacation because fall practice is starting. We got We got it. We got hit and hustles. Got to got got to get going for the fall camp. So we got we got uh, to get through one more weekend of no news, and then that's, no one, yeah, one, one, one more, more weekend. weekend. Everyone's healthy and doing fine, and yep. then we'll get things ramped up. So uh, hit the hit the like, hit subscribe, hit the notification bell. Links in the description below. Podcast. Good weekend, everyone, and we will talk to you next week.